Welcome to the Blattcast. Just trying out a new intro. It is the Blattcast. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. Joined back in studio by the one, the only Captain EO at Jeff DeRay. Say hi. Hi. You, that sounded just like you. <laughs> uh, look at this. You're here. And then who can I not find anywhere? Will Sterling at Will Sterling underscore. Yeah, I plugged him anyway, even though he's not here. What's going on? We're going to try and get everybody back together. And here's the thing. Will's not here, but in a little bit, we're going to talk to Coltrane as well. <gasps> Coltrane? So, I saw him so much on my visit home. <laughs> yeah, let's have a conversation about that. Or, you know what, let's just not, because that would be awkward and we don't need to have it. But before we get Coltrane, we're going to talk about something really important with Coltrane. We're talking about Bill Cosby. But before we get to that, uh, we have spent the last couple episodes talking about the Wonder Woman movie. And you were on your walkabout with Crocodile Dundee, and we mm-hmm. don't have your thoughts yet on Wonder Woman. So just kind of an overall, your thoughts, what you liked, if there's anything you didn't. Tell us, what does Captain EO think of Wonder Woman? I liked it. I thought it was definitely competition for the best DC movie to come out so far, and that was, for me, that's against Man of Steel because, you know, I actually really liked that, unlike some people. Um, right, I didn't even dislike it. I just yeah. like to make fun of how much Will likes it. Of course. You know, because he, I think he likes it an unhealthy amount. You know, <laughs> I, 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 but at the same time, I, I get it. I know a lot of people don't like it, and some people do. But that's the one that before this, or maybe still is your favorite, but that's Wonder Woman's in competition with yeah. Man of Steel for you. And it's, I mean, it's easy to do that when you actually spend a movie developing a character, right? Oh, whoa, 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 concept. all right, slow your roll there, Einstein. <laughs> what do you mean, develop? Oh, yeah, actually, that makes sense, okay. I liked it a lot. The immediate thought is like, ah, yeah, this would have been better before you introduced her in the whole doomsday fight. Like, it would have given more, like, credence and other things. It also, I can see, I didn't have a problem with this, but I totally can see the argument of, like, so you're going to introduce us to full-blown badass Wonder Woman and then give us, like learning how to do anything Wonder Woman. Like, that's a little annoying of a step backwards. Yeah, I I definitely understand that, but I think it is important, Will and I talked about this, that it was important to kind of roll out the character in a big way at Mm. her peak awesomeness and put it in the movie that people wanted to look at. Because, yes, you're trying to set up Justice League and all that, but you kind of kick the tires on the character because, as we've said, people who didn't like Batman vs. Superman what do they say about the movie, despite the fact that they didn't like it? Oh, Wonder Woman was great. Yeah. So I think that it had the desired effect where there was an excitement for a Wonder Woman movie, which, let's just say that it was going to come out before Batman for Superman, there would have been some excitement, there would have been some buzz, especially if it was the exact same movie and it was good. Mm -hmm. However, I don't think people would have been as excited because we already knew how awesome she was. That's fair. It's, it's, you know, I'm reacting to things in, like, my assumptions of how it would have played out, but... It's true, and and I was happy with the movie I got. 
Um, some stuff I could see like a mile away. Like I knew that uh, Lupin was going to be Ares because spoiler alert. Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, go fuck yourself. We know somebody who hasn't seen it yet. Who hasn't seen it yet? We've talked about there's uh, Earth Two Jeff Jeff Winstead who is a comic book creator and a fan of the Black Cast. He. Actually, I think we'll not see it in the theater. I think he's going to see it after the fact. And I think that's actually a big mistake. I think this is one of those movies that really you get a better experience seeing it in its full like sound and picture glory. Yeah. Because uh, I saw I saw it in IMAX 3D uh, when I went to go see it back in Massachusetts, and I thought the spectacle. It didn't like. It, it did a good job where, like, you get some 3D movies and everything's trying to jump out at you and you're like, okay, cool. Uh, my experience, 3D works better when it's, like, giving depth to the screen. And sure. I thought that that level of depth really helped draw me into the film. Like, I really, when I'm watching it in that sense, I wasn't just like, oh, silly things popping out and, like, this looks cool. It, it's immersive. It makes you feel like, oh, I'm watching this almost through a window or whatever. And I thought it did a really good job of that. And I thought the action and, and the excitement was really cool. Um, I, I liked all the payoffs that we got. I, I liked the climax and the, the big f final fight with her. Um... I just I thought it was a good character. Now, things that I could have done without, I didn't need the like pretty woman dress up party. But I also understand why you're gonna tackle yeah, that. Yeah, and that was mostly for comedic value. I felt yeah, anyway. I, I agree that of course it wasn't necessary, but it was kind of a, a fun moment. Yeah, and I thought that she had a decent cast of supporting characters, but she really didn't need any help. No, you know. No. Um, what did you think of the interaction between her and Chris Pine? I thought they were good. I mean, I'm not, like, in love with their relationship, but I don't think we were meant to be because it was meant to be impermanent, right? Like, Right, if because she's... it was 100 years ago. So you always knew that no matter how the Steve Trevor story plays out, he's not around now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm guessing right, they'll probably go more into developing the romance between her and Batman. See, I anything. said that to Will, and he was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, they definitely will. They I do mean, that all the time. How many, how many times do you need Jeremy Irons Alfred to say, hmm, but there'll never be a wife around here, you, you know, you, I don't know, I can't think of anything really funny that Alfred would say. I really put myself in a, in a bad situation there. You person of different... You taste person who won't settle down, <laughs> you know. And there were a lot of jokes about that. And, you know, multiple comments in Batman for Superman. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that it kind of takes a guy like Batman to, you know, Bruce Wayne. He could he could handle Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. You know, you you'd think maybe Superman could, but number one, he's dead. Number two, he has Lu he has Lewis. Yikes, Lewis Loon. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting story. The uh, the gay version of Superman. Lewis and Clark. Ah, uh, there's the bell for that. When I, I tackled you over the spoiler, so we'll just say you weren't surprised who the bad guy turned out to be in the movie. No, I wasn't. Saw, see, because that's not who I thought it was going to be. But well, I, I, I can see how somebody could be the me. one that they were trying to make the bad guy yeah. because I was like, why would a god need spelling salts to get stronger? Like, you should already be super strong. Right. Um, plus, it was just like the, his his kind of creepy, like I'm gonna insert myself in really unnecessary ways. Yeah. And then his whole like, go do stuff. 
don't do stuff. Like, we've got to save peace. But, but you don't, don't do really stuff, right? Peace. Yeah, exactly. Just made me like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He, it, just seemed, it just seemed like logical that it was going to be something like that to me. Um, I, I really like Gal Gadot because just as I had hoped, and, and maybe this has to do with her, her background in the military and all that other stuff, she's a convincing badass. She yeah. made me feel like she could whip the shit out of all those guys that she's, like, kicking the crap out of, like, repeatedly. You know, you don't get... It's not this, like, silly, like, I did a spinny karate kick and it knocked you out. You're like, yeah, oh, no, God, she's got crazy strength. And God bless like, Linda Carter, but you did not get the word badass in your mind from 70s Wonder Woman. No. And, you know, look, nobody was a badass at that point, you know. I mean, the Hulk wasn't even a badass. Yeah. He was just kind of a whiny guy who wandered from town to town. I'm muscling. My <laughs> shirts keep ripping. <laughs> I'm sad. Now I'm mad. <laughs> I'm green. I'm sad again. That's every episode of the old Incredible Hulk show. Mm -hmm. uh, so in general, you were happy with it. And yeah, I mean, she's fantastic. So it could have been an average or even a marginal movie, and it would have been elevated by her being in it as a character. So yeah. the fact that they turned in a good movie is great. Ready for more? Absolutely. Fortunately, Justice League, just a little bit later in the year. Yeah. So we don't have to wait that long. I kind of forgot when I was talking to Will. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like November. That's really not that far. Well, as long as they can kind of keep up more of the tone and everything that they had in Wonder Woman, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I worry that they're going to fall into sim similar traps they had in Batman vs. Superman where you're going for the team up already, so we're just going to like – quickly be like, oh, this guy's into water, and this guy's really fast, and uh, this guy's part robot. All yeah. right, justice! <laughs> and justice. Yeah, it'll be interesting, because I feel like that movie will have a lot of ramp up and set up, and even though we've set up those characters and we know it's coming, we're still going to get, like, a good half hour, 45 minutes before anything really happens. It just feels like to go into a very crass Bladcast-esque analogy. That's what it we do. It feels like the MCU has been like slow jerking for a while, and they're getting ready to like speed it up for the final <laughs> crescendo. And like, you mean the Infinity War? Yeah. Ejaculation. The and, ejaculation and war. DCU doesn't want to get left with the limp biscuit, so they're just like beating it as fast as they can. You know, I had no idea what the term limp biscuit meant until they talked about it on Silicon Valley. Yeah. And that's what I just watched those yesterday. Yeah, so because funny. I was lucky enough to do the Silicon Valley after show for our friends here at AfterBuzz TV. So I've had to keep up with it and watch it every week. And when they said that, I'm like, wait, that's what that is? That's disgusting. That shitty band is even shittier now. <laughs> like, that they decided to... Like, they are the Limp Biscuit. Why would you name yourselves that when you suck that bad? If Led Zeppelin had been called Limp Biscuit, you'd be like, I guess it's ironic. <laughs> but Limp, like Fred Durst is just a walking, talking Limp Biscuit. And I'm not going to say what the Limp Biscuit is. Somebody's going to have to Google it if they don't know. Or watch Silicon Valley, yeah. you know? Or, you know, Jeff can tell you. It's, it's, that's, that's up to him. But I, I definitely agree with you, and I appreciate the analogy, although that's a horrifying. I feel like we have to say what it is now. And of course, as with any blatantly gay activity, it's something that they do in fraternities. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, if there's a specific number of guys, but there's a biscuit on a table, and everybody jerks off and comes on the biscuit, and the last guy to shoot a load has to eat the biscuit. Mm -hmm. And great joke in Silicon Valley, 
from Jared, the unsung hero of that show, sometimes it's a cracker. <laughs> Which I was just like, ah, that's, that's, that's great. So really, really didn't want to have to explain it, but I felt like we kept talking about it. I'm like, well, just people are going to be like, well, but what is it? And now you know. And you know what? Knowing is not half the battle in that case. <laughs> knowing is a disgusting battle. And if there's one person that we can talk to about Limp Biscuits, of course, it is our friend, Coltrane, Coltrane, welcome back to the Blackcast. Yellow. Coltrane, we're in the middle of a very important conversation. Uh, we need to know, do you know the derivation of the term limp biscuit? Mm, not offhand, no. Unfortunately. If I heard it, I would, re- I would remember. You, oh, don't worry, because as horrified as I was to have to explain it just a moment ago here on the Blackcast, I'm going to explain it again. <laughs> and when I explain it, You'll be like, oh, yeah, I would have known that. So, as with most gay things that happen, it happens in fraternities, and guys get around in a circle, and they put a biscuit on a plate in front of them, and they all jerk off and shoot a load onto the biscuit, and the last guy to come has to eat the biscuit, thus the limp biscuit. You know what? That Yeah, that sounds about right. That does sound about right. Coltrane, you were in a fraternity, right? Did they do this? I was, I was in fact, not in a fraternity. Oh. Bite your tongues, young man. I'm sorry. I don't and know that why I thought exactly that. that is exactly why I was not in a fraternity, because I hung out with a bunch of people who were, and they were like, dude, trust me, don't do it. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, fraternities seem cool. I saw Animal House, and they're like, dude, we'll bring it all the parties. Don't worry about it. Yeah. No, don't no, getting to it. go to the parties is the only reason. Yeah, I... I I've known friends at, at certain schools that I, I sort of get why they did it, but in general, like at my school, there there was no being in a fraternity. It was not even something I was remotely interested in, and it's just like I don't quite see what the fun is because if you join a fraternity, you have to hang out with the kind of guys who join fraternities. Jeff, did you join a fraternity? I was not in a fraternity, but I think... It's pretty obvious, the whole fraternity thing. Like, the whole pledging and, and all the stuff that you go through that for that, to me, is just like, how completely willing to debase yourself are you to feel like you fit in? Yeah. Right? I, like, because you... What's a fraternity but, like, a group of friends? Well, you can have groups of friends where they don't, like, butt-fuck you and paddle you <laughs> and jizz on your food and, and all the other awful fucking things. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. It's possible to have friends that don't do that? Sometimes. I, I have yet to meet any of those friends, so if anybody wants well, to be... Well, I was going to say, as long as their last names aren't Pujenski, then yeah. Yeah, if anybody wants to be a not-that-kind-of-friend, please let me know at Christian DMZ because, uh, you know, yeah, you can only reach me on Twitter. You know, I'm, I'm very sheltered. But, you know, it's funny because I remember my brother telling me the story about when he was first, when he was a freshman in college, and, you know, they go door-to-door and they, you know, ask, well, do you want to rush? And my brother was just very... Blatant, and he was just like, No, I don't want to buy my friends, and he just closed the door. <laughs> and I'm like, That's the least of it, that's a big part of it. Yep. But it's also the idea of all the things you're talking about. And I think that, look, if you think about a lot of the stereotypical people from fraternities, and like I said, I know people in fraternities and sororities is definitely a different thing because I know a lot of girls that weren't sororities, but it's a very different thing in general. I think a lot of people in fraternities are cool and have never been humiliated. So the idea of humiliating yourself, it probably 
it does help bond you together. But when you're someone who has spent an entire lifetime being humiliated and being uncomfortable and being awkward, and finally you're out of high school and you can sort of hit the reset button and get a little restarted on you're not going to suddenly be cool, but you know not everybody knows everything about you. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to do was go back to being humiliated in any way. Mm-hmm. It just... It just never seemed like fun. Plus, at Marist College, just being fraternities was not as cool as it was in some other colleges. Yeah. I, I don't know. That. I feel like you guys both went to Emerson. Emerson, yeah. it wasn't the really... The only fraternity I know about at Emerson was, like, the Jewish fraternity. That's, like, the only one I'm aware really? of. Really? Yeah. When they, when I was there, uh, there was Phi Alpha and there was Theta. I'm sure that they're they're still around. I'm just saying what, the only one I knew about because I had kids on my hockey team was the what, Jewish fraternity. What you're trying to say is you only knew about the Jewish fraternity because they would do your taxes every year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> just, look, just be honest. You're right. We're I was in this other honesty. fraternity, but it was more of a party, <laughs> and you know we wore these really cool armbands. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Coltrane, thanks for joining us. Sorry to bombard you with that, but I found out about that concept from an episode of Silicon Valley on HBO that aired recently, and I was horrified that that's what the term Limp Biscuit means, and I, I am repeating myself, but I will say it again. It's such a perfect name for that shitty band Limp Biscuit. Because that's exactly <laughs> what they are. They are a jizz-covered side item mm-hmm. at... Golden Corral. Ah, That's what I was thinking. They're a Boston queer donut. I I don't know. I'm glad that culture. What is what is a Boston Boston queen? uh, Boston cream donut has like that custard in the middle that looks real jizzy. (laughs) Well, I guess I know what kind of donut I can never eat again. Also, I'm not fond of biscuits at the moment. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I kind of don't want a biscuit anytime soon. Yeah, Fred Durst's original name for the band was Jizz Filled Croissant, but didn't go over. (laughs) Didn't go over as well. They they wouldn't have gotten as much radio airplay but Coltrane that wasn't really the issue that I felt like it was important to address with the one and only Coltrane I thought that we've talked so much about this topic in the run of the black cast and I don't think that the this topic is over but I feel like I need to get your thoughts on Bill Cosby <laughs> because one no, thing one thing that we knew about him was he was apparently really good at getting off, and look at this. He did it again. I was stunned that nobody made that joke, but I guess people don't want to joke about a guy who drugged and raped a bunch of people. But we don't have I'm those I'm just telling problems. you, this whole political correctness thing has totally ruined comedy. I de- Am I, I right? I, I, Am de- I right? I definitely agree with that. For real. Uh, so I, I, I'll start. I, for one, not surprised that he got away with it, but he didn't really get away with it. It was a hung jury. So all it means is that it might have just been one idiot who was like, yeah, I'm not really sold. And as we're talking right now, we don't know if there'll be any kind of retrial, but boy, he was celebrating like he just got his first syndication check from the Cosby show. And you're like, uh, dude, you didn't win. And maybe don't have your representatives badmouth the judge. I would say, I would just say this. I wasn't surprised that they didn't find him guilty in this one. Not because I don't think that overall it's something that he did. I, I'm not sure that I believe her after like reading some of the testimony and okay. stuff. It just seems like it's one of those things where if there's like a serial killer who kills 100 people 
and he didn't kill the hundred and first, but that's the person that you try him for. It's like I kind of feel like that's what that is what happened in this case. So based on everything overall, that he that this is something that he was doing repeatedly, and you know I think that he's guilty of doing that, in my opinion. But I'm just saying in, in this specific case, I wasn't surprised what, that they, they didn't convict him because I, in just like I said, reading, I, I didn't pay as much attention to it because, I mean, you know, who the hell really cares that much? But I just, did, there was stuff about her story that, sh, that she kept changing, like kind of in a pattern that didn't make it seem like she, she had been traumatized and just couldn't remember things in the night. Some of, some of the stuff in her testimony seemed like, she wasn't as clear as the other several of the other cases were. So, like I said, I just this one I just think the prosecutors sort of dropped the ball because they were trying to find someone so they could kind of get justice for everyone, but they picked the and wrong someone. They, you know, the prosecutors did say they were going to go to you know do a retrial. So I would just hope that they you know prosecute for one of the other ones. When there's this many people accusing someone, you're like. Yeah. I'm going to just go ahead and say that it's got to be true. Maybe not every single one of them has the exact account right, but you're just going to go, okay, something whoa, happened. Well, Christian, back off of that limb out there, buddy. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know. I'm I'm really having a controversial opinion here that maybe some of them are telling the truth. <laughs> and that maybe Bill Cosby's a bad guy. By the way, I, I have a friend who does not believe me, but I have never seen an episode of The Cosby Show, and I don't think I've talked about it on the Blackcast. I've just posted about it on Facebook and things. And just the feeling of, oh, I, 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 I don't understand how that's possible. It's very possible. My mom hated Bill Cosby and didn't think he was funny. So when you start from that place, and she always thought he wasn't funny. and so Why won't to, he swear? Well, yeah, exactly. Now, I did see a stand-up special where he talks about making chocolate cake for breakfast and he talks to God and stuff. That stuff's actually relatively funny. But I saw that later. So... Uh, I'm just going to have to say, I guess my mom knew. And there's no way my mom has... Is, I really hope she's not listening after I explained Limp Biscuits twice. <laughs> like two times. Well, she turned it off. Well, yeah, she started to listen. But there's no way she's listening now where I give her credit for just being able to know Bill Cosby is a bad guy. That sounds like my mom. I know. It's weird. She might sound like somebody else. But I think that he got away with this. But it's like OJ. Obviously, he's not the real killer, but he went to jail anyway for doing something else. The interesting thing was, if you guys remember, it had been reported he was very frail, he was in poor health, and that he was going blind, if not blind already. Motherfucker didn't look blind that day. When he's walking out of the courtroom, hey, 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 you're like, what? I think the, the callousness of him to say that on his way out yeah it's like it's kind of like next level sick just because it's like dude, you clearly did these things <sighs> look i guess allegedly whatever right because it's a court case but it's like you've, you've either way you've tarnished your image and your reputation and and either way it seems more more likely than not that uh you did something pretty fucked up like you yeah and to, to walk out and just be like, I got off on a hung jury. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. It's just like, oh, like bad I form, got- dude. Hey, hey, hey. Or he could have done one of the other uh, Fat Albert in the Cosby Kids characters. I got away with rape. <laughs> it's mush mouth. It's, uh, it's not for everybody. It's right. <laughs> but, uh, you but- know. 
And look, I don't know why I, I, I don't know how I've seen so much Fat Albert, but that I saw. You know, I watched the shit out of Fat. I watched Albert. the shit out of Fat, Fat Albert. My mom didn't have any problem with that, but uh, you know, because that wasn't during her TV time when the Cosby Show would have been on. And by the way, at one point the Cosby Show was up against The Simpsons, so clearly I was just being edgy, hmm. and I knew real comedy. I think at one point, oh no, I was gonna say I think I watched Alf instead of it, but actually uh, Alf was on the same network. You eat your cat, sir. <laughs> no problem. So. Coltrane, do you think that Cosby will end up doing any time or if it, let's just say he has another case and it's starting to go badly, he'll just pay off the accuser, right? Honestly, I think it's going to depend a lot more on like what his, what his health actually is because, you know, like, yeah, he looked a bit, you know, a bit spry on his way out of court, all things considered, but it, it's tough to say because he's so old and like, I feel like this was the case that they really thought they had the most evidence with and that they, um, because of, like, statute of limitations and all that stuff, that they had a, the best chance of. So I, I'm not entirely sure. And at this point, I think that he's, however he was able to, like, kind of hide his money and, you know, hey, I don't, I'm broke. My wife has all this money now. Like, whatever it was that he did. I think that his money. My is, wife, I don't Camille, think they, I don't think, his, I don't think they could get his money, money as easily. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I think you might be right, but it'll be interesting to see. Jeff, you had a thought. Um, I mean, it's not as poignant now, but I was just going to ask who you thought ate more pussy, Alf or Bill Cosby. <laughs> I'm really glad I went back to you on that. Uh, clearly, Alf, by the way, because uh, he ate cats, but also he loved to go downtown. <laughs> Oh, poor Alf. God. Did you see that, schnoz? <laughs> <laughs> Just in a quick side sure, note there, really. uh, I did watch the Cosby show, and I thought the Cosby show itself was kind of funny. I've never thought that, like, Bill Cosby's comedy, like, routines are funny. Like, him doing stand-up or sitting in a chair, whatever it is, like, that I never really thought was that funny. But I did watch the Cosby show and think that was funny. So... I, was it you or Will or who? Well, I don't know. Someone who was just like, "Yeah, Bill Cosby." I don't. I don't get it. I don't think he's that funny. It's not Will because that, Will, I, like the stand-up. I yeah, I yeah. never really got. But the Cosby Show, I did think was funny. Will uh, is a big fan of Dr. Cosby and his stand-up. And if he were here, we could have there's, him do his Bill Cosby impression. As always, so, I don't know. There was someone that, that yeah. hated his comedy. It's, it just didn't think it was funny. And it's I not me because agree I, with that notion. because I think that he had some good stand-up material, but I just never saw his show and i'm at this point in my life what i'm gonna watch now like now i'm gonna check it out you know? i remember watching something on like netflix years ago where it was like an old 70s style cosby uh stand-up and it was not that good but one thing i remember distinctly when i was watching it was him doing some shtick on like bosses he's like you know when your boss comes over and he's all like get that done and i just remember thinking like when did you ever have a boss like you yeah. were always an entertainer <laughs> yeah on, on i spy he had he had robert culp was his boss no exactly he he when has he had a boss a lot of times especially you think in this day and age when stand up comedians like dave Chappelle and chris rock when they get so big when you hear when you're you're jerry seinfeld it's like your observations are maybe a little bit less than genuine. No, thank you. Which, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait till we're all back together and we have Will around because I need to know what he thought about Jerry Seinfeld snubbing Kesha, who's his girl. Mm. And uh, I think that, and Will, I, I'm sure, appreciates Jerry Seinfeld's comedy 
But the fact that he snubbed Kesha, eh, I don't know. No, I don't want a hug. I don't want one. That's pro- that's that's the way I feel it went down. But uh, we'll have to talk about that another time because Kesha topics. When when things happen with Kesha and Will's not around, Coltrane, you know he gets really upset. True story. Bujenski took you to see her, and I've seen her perform twice with Alice Cooper. So you know Will always gets left out. If you had put like a GoPro on her, you could have done like some sort of to Kesha Predator. I'm not doing the best of that. Uh, Coltrane liked it. Did there. All right, Coltrane Yay. liked it. Uh, all right. Well, as always, when we have Coltrane with us on the phone, we need to cover some very important ground, and Bill Cosby was very important. But now we need to get into the real news from DailyMail.co.uk. Men really do let themselves go after getting married. Those who say I do weigh more than their single counterparts. True story. Case in point. Uh, I'm married. I, I go to the gym. But, you know, if if I, at my current age, had not yet met the perfect woman that I was going to spend the rest of my life with, I would probably well, I'd have a lot more time at the gym, probably. Mm-hmm. I would probably take better care of myself. But I can ask the conversation, too, to both of you gentlemen. When you're in a relationship, a long-term relationship, are you a little bit less committed to it? And is the reason because you want to spend more time with the girl? Or is it because, what do I got to be so fine for? I'll start with you, Jeff. I mean, definitely there's always the happy weight, like the in-a-relationship weight that you gain. And I think fundamentally it comes down to, at least for me, um, time. Like, you've got now a whole nother person that you've got to devote some chunk of your time to. And if you're doing, like, a gym regimen, like, a couple days a week, then that's that many more hours that you can't go see them or be with them or whatever. So it just gets – it can get uh, lost in the shuffle. And then, like, for me, again, like, I'll use up all my energy dealing with stuff around the house or, like, going to hang out with her Whatever it is, and I just don't have all the free time or the... Yeah, and, and part of it is just logistically you that, don't have the time to spend in the gym. Where, or the energy. You're just like, I well, could go lift some weights or I could just like lay here because it doesn't make any difference anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. I could lift some weights or I could do some boning in the boneyard. It's not much Look of a choice. Look at you, Shadow Moon. I'm just saying. Uh, Coltrane... Your thoughts on, on this, uh, and you know, feel free either of you to shame me as a married man if I should maybe not let myself go. And by the way, I was much heavier at one point. I am actually at a better place in my life, but I could certainly stand to lose a little more. Maybe my motivation would be different if I were single, but I, I got a lot of other things to focus on. I mean, I think for me, it definitely it, it comes down to motivation when you're single as opposed to when you're in a relationship because there's. Like when you're single and you're, you know, you're out, you're trying to like, you know, trying to find people, you know, different women to like sleep with. It's like you, you know, you have to put in more work. So it's easier to sort of motivate in that regard because you're just like, all right, you know, like I got to keep this up. Like if I'm, you know, if things are going well or not, like I just, I got to keep this up because you have, you know, you, you need to look the best you can in order to like, you know, find whatever kind of woman you're looking for. But, like, once you're actually, like, in a relationship, it's, like, the days that you wake up and, you know, it's, like, a Sunday afternoon and, like, it's raining, you're just, like, eh, I can just stay in and chill, you know, as opposed to, eh, you know, let me just go hit the gym for an hour and then, you know, my day will be good. So it really does, to me, come down to, like, the motivation of when you're single, you have to sort of self-motivate a little bit to, like, keep things going. But when, 
you know, you're in a relationship that's just kind of, it's easier to give yourself the, eh, what's the fucking point? You know, I can go tomorrow or next week, either way. Like, you know, she's not going to say anything. So it makes it a little easier in that regard. Yeah, no, I guess it makes sense. I don't know. I think I respect the decision. I also, I mean, you know what they always say, especially when people are married or whatever, is if one of the partners suddenly takes a renewed interest in their physical appearance and gets really ripped, there might be a reason. You know, it might be because they're, one, getting out of the house away from their spouse. And, hey, that rhymed. Or, and or, they're uh, probably looking elsewhere. So, I guess if you, if you're, <laughs> if your spouse does let themselves go, and this is really mostly with men, I would say, it's just like, hey, I guess, I guess he's, uh, he's looking to stay around. Yeah. But, of course, like, men just have that moment where they're like, oh, wow, this is great. Like, my, my wife or girlfriend, like, she's all going, she's interested in going back to the gym. She's going to lose some weight. I'm going to be dating a hot chick, and this is great again. And then it's like, you don't, because you don't really always put two and two together, like, oh, she's doing that for another guy, not for me. But, side note. I was just going to say, you're getting close to the point where you're going to have Felix running all around, running you ragged all the time. I mean, anyway, he already so. runs me ragged because, you know, he's he's been walking for almost a year at this point, mm-hmm. and he wants me, he's always asked me to, car- he's like, carry me up. I'm like, first of all, that's not what you say. You say, pick me up. And you say, please, no. But yeah, he'll ask me to carry him up all the time, and I'm like... Oh, this is really not helping my back. You know, just but, wait until he wants to race you everywhere. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's true. He doesn't. He doesn't appreciate that yet. Oh good, something to look forward to. Well, that'll be fun. <laughs> Moving on to a different story that I think is the sort of thing that we've often talked about while we're in the midst of Coltrane's Corner. It's, a, it's actually a terrible story. It's a University of Texas student who killed himself after being punished for unsupported claims he used a gay slur. So he was accused of using a homophobic slur against a classmate, and basically that pretty much ended his career at the school, and he's since taken his life. And I don't know, it's a sad story. I, don't, I for some reason, feel like not mentioning his name is more respectful. But it's the kind of thing where what we live right now is that somebody says something like that obviously you take it seriously when there's an allegation like that but basically saying somebody called me a a gay slur basically means okay this person must be telling the truth and isn't motivated by something that maybe he just didn't like this guy you know look maybe the guy did say it that's not the point the point is that they didn't know and it, it didn't really go well coltrane i know that unfounded claims against people or something that upsets you. So as you hear me sort of give the summary of the story, what do you think right away? It infuriates me because it just really is as damaging as, as can possibly be. Because it, it damages not only the person who was falsely accused of something, but it also damages people like in the future when it really happens. It's like there are just certain things that people are just too frivolous with. They just like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll accuse this person of something, and then, you know, whatever. If, if, I, you know, if they can prove I didn't, that it didn't happen, eh, no big deal, whatever. And it's like you don't realize that that actually it affects someone's life in a way that they can't, they can never really get it back. And so that's why it's just like there's a part of, like, the point of history that we're in that's good that people, just like public opinion just sort of is a certain way about things, like, you don't want, like, we don't want bullying. We don't want people to feel bad about 
you know, different uh, sexual orientations or races or anything. Like, and it's like the majority of people feel that way, which is good. But it's like there's just people who don't understand exactly like the ramifications that come with like the fact that public opinion is where it is. And so they're just uh, like, whatever, I can say it. And then, yeah, whatever, I'll take it back. But mm, whatever. And they just don't. They, it's just there's no sense of how significant it is and, like, how wrong it is because there's also the part of it where once you say it, there is a percentage of the population that will always believe it happened. Even if you come out and you say, I made the whole thing up, it never happened at all, there's still going to be a percentage of people who are going to think, oh, wait, no, he, he's probably said something. There was probably something there. So once you stain someone like that, you can never undo it and it's it's just why people need to they need to think more about it. They need to understand it's not okay to do that. You don't even have to like say the other side. Obviously, like you don't want people like talking like uh, using gay slurs of people. But it's like be honest about it. If it happened, great. If it didn't happen, great. Like, but don't sit here and uh, I can just be fast and loose with it. Whatever, you know, no ramifications for me and the person that I'm that I'm yell- accusing. Ah, screw them anyways. It has actually become pretty hateful, a pretty hateful thing to do. So that one does like drive me insane. I mean, speaking to what you're saying, I feel personally, I'm I'm the type of person where I don't like to take words too seriously, and and that just means how I feel about words. Like I understand and appreciate the fact that you have to be understanding or. Uh, supportive of, of the way other people feel about things or how they're going to react to things, right? So if one person thinks saying the, what I'm assuming is the uh, uh, derogatory term they were referring to about gay people and doesn't feel like it's like so inflammatory and all these things, okay, that's how they feel. If they say it about or to somebody else um, that does feel like very offended and all those other things buy it then all right you that's bad that's not all right if you're trying to like put somebody down or who is gay by using like hateful terms once again not okay now all that said the reaction afterwards this sounds like it was a gross overreaction now it doesn't condone somebody using that type of language or that type of stuff but when has meeting somebody's uh, ignorance or or hatred with more hatred ever helped the situation? Like this kid. Okay, say say just for argument's sake, devil's advocate, the kid who killed himself, who supposedly said the the term, meant it and did say it to this other kid who is gay and was like very hurt by this yes. the whole interaction. Well, that's awful that this kid said that, and it's awful that he hurt this other person's feelings. But, I mean, isn't what we as a society want in the end for those two people to find common ground and, like, be okay with one another? Like, isn't that really the end game? And I don't think you get that when you turn someone into a pariah for doing or making mistakes or all these things. Like, as a nation, we're forgiving, but, like, as individuals, we can be very petty, I guess, in, in, ten, in the sense that, like, we'll hold on to something. We'll make 
somebody's actions be the definition of who they are as an entire person. And I could see how that escalation could lead somebody to feel like, well, I've made this mistake. I said this thing. Now everybody hates me. My life's over. Like, it's never going to get better. That's like, obviously, this kid, you know, took a, to an unfortunate, made an unfortunate second decision to, to kill himself. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I don't think it, nothing's ever worth that. And, and things can get better. And there's much better ways he could have handled it from apologizing or making amends, whatever. But I also think, like, when you're the, say, say you're the third party in this situation, your reaction to that person who said it can't be like, ha, that was funny, like, that was cool. But it can't be like, how dare you ever use any words ever, you piece of shit, like, you are a fucking dog shit and I hope you die. No, it's like, hey, man, that was really uncool. I don't know or think you meant it that way, but please don't say that around this person or, like, please keep comments like that to yourself because it's not the type of language we as a community approve of or, like, want to... You have to just understand more you have to be more empathetic to both sides because i think that's what leads to these kids and i can speak from experience of of being in elementary school where i was always in trouble no matter what i did i was the one who was wrong i once called a girl mean and i got in trouble for calling her mean she had done something mean to me and and i said you say she was mean yeah i called i was like you're a meanie and she went and told the teacher and i got in trouble for saying she was mean no investigation into why i would say this thing had she done or any of that it's funny that you boil it down to you know like an elementary school level because that's really what this ultimately comes down to hey he said this about me yeah well, that's terrible. Let's not find out why he said that. What did you do to, you know, I think that, you know, if you come home with a, a black eye, it's like, all right, well, what did you do to deserve that? Maybe you didn't, mm-hmm. but let's let's start from that. But, you know, what did you say to another kid? Oh, nothing. I was just different. That's a different conversation. Yeah. Look, again, I'm just making up scenarios. Let's say k- kid A who well, is the kid who killed himself and kid B is the kid who made yeah. the accusation, right? Well... If Kid A was being, and what what about the situation where Kid B was antagonizing Kid A, was like doing all sorts of stuff, and the guy was like, "Hey, you're making me uncomfortable. Hey, please stop this." And then it it escalates and escalates, and then Kid A ends up using this word, and then it's like, "Oh, that's the only thing we're going to take away from this interaction is you used a word that you're not allowed to use, and therefore you're the wrong person, and and you're just a big." piece of crap for ever saying these kinds of things well that's not fair either now we're making all sorts of assumptions into this situation because i think that's all we can do but i think at the end of the day it's like forgiveness needs to be more important to us as a people than like shaming others for actions we don't condone bring them up educate them give them a reason not to think such silly backwards things don't just say like Oh, you you think differently from me. That's why you're a piece of shit. I think that's what led to all the divisiveness and problems we had in the last election was it's not just you think different. It's like you're bad because you think different or you say things that I don't agree with or you feel differently about things. And then there's no common ground anymore because even though maybe we have 99% of things in common, this one thing is different. So fuck you. 
Wait, I'm sorry. There was something divisive in our election last year? I, I, I kind of tuned out during <laughs> yeah. it. I wasn't paying attention. Everybody was hugely pissed because Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, and Hillary Clinton got those uh, super electoral votes, whatever mm. they were. Super delegates. Super delegates. Kind of remember that, but I definitely tuned out right after that. Pretty I'm sure, sure that was the big controversy. Okay. Hey, look, if you say so, I, I just know that there were some irregularities in voting in the final season of American Idol. Duh. So we go... A, a layer down in this story and the the way that it's being told is that apparently this kid who has killed himself was not gay the other guy was flirting with him and he wrote on the gay student's computer he wrote I'm straight and the guy classmate wrote I'm great I'm gay and then he was just told him to stop and I guess that that's the claim, and there's a big civil suit by this guy's father, the guy who killed himself, that they didn't investigate, like we're saying, to find out that there's this story. So maybe he was just like, oh, he's not into me? Well, fuck him. I'm going to say that he said he called me the gay word that starts with an F, and that he also apparently uh, said gays should die, which right there sounds very unrealistic. Because who says, yeah. says that? You've already used the word. Yeah. So why do you then say gays should die? Homosexuals should die. Yeah, I, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think that, look, there's a good case that will get settled, and it's terrible that this guy lost his son. It's terrible that this guy felt like, you know, I, maybe he just felt like there's no getting out of this. Have you ever been on the other side of an unwanted interaction with a, a gay man where he was, like, coming on to you and you were just like, eh, I'm sorry, no, thank you. Uh, Not, no, no, I've always wanted them. No, I'm actually <laughs> trying to think. I've never, I, you know, I, no. It's fun, funny story. I went to a, a gay pool party once, a barbecue. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad you like that. It, it was, was a gay a, old time. It was a gay old time. I was there with Fred and Barney. Just, no, honestly, I'm just reminded of the uh, the SNL skit with um, uh, Farley and Adam oh, Sandler, sh- like Schlitz oh, where they're like at a gay pool party. Schmidt's gay, like this is heaven. Yeah, yeah, with the <laughs> the great Van Halen song, Top of the World. Anyway, uh, so yes, I went to a gay barbecue, uh, and I am meaning that in the literal sense, not like uh, it was so lame, it was gay. No, I mean it was attended largely, almost entirely, by homosexuals. By almost entirely, I mean that I was there. I visited a friend of mine from college, and he lived up in Syracuse. So here's the thing that people don't know. Gay barbecues happen in Syracuse, New York. So be on the lookout if that's something that you're interested in, people out there in the in the 315. But my friend was just like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to a barbecue. It's just my friend's going to be there. And it's true. His friend was there. So his friend is gay, which that part doesn't really enter into it. But... Everyone at the barbecue except us was gay. And this isn't like, you know, guys who look like Will Sterling who happen to be gay. This isn't Bujenski gay. No, these are like big hill folk biker guys who talk about how much they love cock with each other. And just lots of, you know, offhanded, very uncomfortable uh, jokes. But here's the best part of this awkward experience. Was it because I showed up with my friend Steve from college? They just assumed we were together. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to worry about that. But I'm just remembering now that I was there and I was like, oh, my God. These are definitely guys who will be like, come on, 
Give it a try. Uh, but uh, if I were going to try being gay, there's no one at that barbecue that would be the one that got me to be like, you know what? Why not? I'll give it a... I'll take a shot in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I forget I forget the point. I know what the point was I was trying to make. So, no, I have never been on the receiving end of that. I've just had people assume that I was at a barbecue with my boyfriend. Excellent. What about you, Coltrane? Uh, I would, I've been sitting there trying to think of a, think of a, a situation, but no. Uh... I have not. Uh, I have not experienced unwelcome uh, advances. It's just like someone's like, "Hey, you're cute," and it's just like, "Hey, I'm straight," and that was just sort of the end of it. So there wasn't like anything, like nothing ever, like you know, made me uncomfortable because it's just I'm not interested. But you know, that was yeah. sort of it. So it like it never got like I, I've never been harassed. I've never felt uncomfortable about it because you know, like I said, it's just no. But you know, hey. Good for you. I had one very, like, definitive instance where this kind of happened. And nothing as dramatic as all that happened. But it was um, my car had broken down on the 101. So I had to get it towed over to a place, um, like a Toyota dealership, actually not far from where we are. And once it was on a Sunday, so when we had pulled it there, the none of the people for the mechanic shop were there or anything. And I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't just, like, ditching my car at a dealership, right? So I went inside to get somebody to help me to just, like, make sure any, like, paperwork I needed to fill out and submit, I could. And this, like, blonde gentleman came out, and he was just like, right away, he was like, oh, I'll help you. And, <laughs> and that's what he sounded like. Uh, yeah. He's not doing a caricature. No, 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 no. That's what he, he was like, oh, I'll help you. And we went out, uh, and, like, we were filling out this stuff. And then he just started making some, like, offhand comments that were just like, oh, what? And it was just a little thing. Where, like, it, it escalated, uh, but it was... It was mostly just like funny because in those situations I'm just like this is funny because it's strange because it's like I'm not used to it. <laughs> yeah. He was like, "Oh, use my pen. That way I can sleep with it tonight." Like really direct quotes and shit like that. Um, and I was okay. just like, uh and he was like, "Oh, where's this thing?" I was like, "Yeah, it's uh where I was living with my girlfriend." He's like, "That's in the past, right?" And I was like, "Uh <laughs> wow." And uh it, it, and it all happened, and uh, you know, I just continued to be like, mm, "No, thank you." And, and this I, guy's a car salesman. Yeah, and look, wow. I've, I've dealt with girls that I wasn't attracted to, where I just kind of did the same things, where I'm just like, "All right, I'm just going to continue having like a very like robotic reactions to all the things you're saying because I feel like you either just want to like see me be like what 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 or or get some little bit of like maybe from me, and I just wasn't having it. You know, I walked away. It wasn't a big deal. It was a funny story at, at, at most. But I do have friends from college where Emerson, as Ken knows, has like a high gay population. And there were times where friends of mine back in school felt uncomfortable. Like they were being hit on. They were having comments made okay. to them. And they were like, no, please don't say it. Like, you know I'm straight. Like, don't do that. And they were really upset because he felt like he was being sexually harassed and he felt like if he had made any of those comments to a woman, it would have been like completely inappropriate and blown up in all this stuff. Now, he had a poor reaction to it and instead he was getting met with like, what are you, homophobic? And it's like, no, I'm not homophobic. I'm, I'm just being not, harassed. I'm just not gay. And you're taking it like I'm homophobic because somebody else is speaking inappropriately to me. 
and they happen to be gay, but so that just makes it all right. And in that situation, I can understand how much frustration he must have had feeling like, you know, he's sitting in this, like, real shitty double standard. Did he react to that by, like, using any homophobic slurs or anything? No. But... You know, that's a really shitty situation. Now, if it played out the way this kid's dad said it did, where this guy was hitting on him and he was just like, no, I'm straight. And then this kid's like, fine, I'm just going to say this. That's really fucked up. That's very fucked up. And and that's what the dad's alleging. And obviously we don't know. We weren't there. But if that's the case, that is indeed fucked up. And by the way, just to backtrack to what you were talking about with the guy being very blatant, hitting on your friend... I think that any women listening to this, and I don't think that there's many, but some of them, you know, any women listening to this right now are probably like, yeah, that that's what it's like every day mm-hmm. for women, especially, you know, very attractive women, that people just feel like they can talk to them like that. And Absolutely. I guess that your friend was on the receiving end, and I'm not saying that your friend is someone that would talk to women that way. In fact, it sounds like he's very much not that sort of person. But... He's just kind of getting the sense for what that's like for a, a Absolutely. woman and and that they probably go through constantly. That's usually the, the story that I just told from the car dealership. I usually equate that to like, that was the one time I got a glimpse into what it must be like to be a right. woman. And I didn't like it. And that's why I don't, I never knowingly tr- treat a woman like that. And um, I, I think that, I think it's just this like hard gray area that we walk where we want to be sensitive to other people and what they want. But sometimes our desire to to make people feel included forgets how ostracizing it can be to other people who deserve just as much treatment and like care for for the way that they're going through life and how they feel. Um, as as I gave the example before, like my friend being hit on and and he deserved to be listened to and respected for feeling like, hey, I'm feeling like you know sexually harassed or whatever it was take me seriously like don't just like laugh me off or or write me off as some homophobe because it isn't like nothing to do with that i'm somebody's making unwanted advances like it shouldn't matter either of our genders that's just an inappropriate react interaction as you were talking about this i started thinking about you know how everyone in this day and age is so worried about and not everyone but a majority of people are worried about offending anyone and being labeled as you know unfortunately this kid at the university of texas was being labeled and being seen as insensitive do you think that there are people who are so worried that in that situation they would just go through and do a bunch of gay stuff because they don't want anybody to say, hey, what are you, homophobic? No, 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 I'm not. Look, this is how not homophobic I am. Come here. Let me get down here under the desk. I could easily see somebody going further than they were comfortable going in their interactions with somebody trying to be like, they're like, like they say the gay person is like touching them in like a almost sexual way. Right. Not, nothing like direct contact sure. or whatever. And they're just like, oh, this is making me uncomfortable. Now, there's nothing homophobic about that. It's just somebody not wanting to be touched by somebody else. But that guy, if he's like, you know, don't touch me to, to a gay person, then it's like, what do you think? Like, the gay is going to rub off on you? You think all this stuff? And it's like, no. I just Maybe they be, just don't want to be touched by I don't want to be touched by a person. Yeah. You know, and you happen to be a person. It's always interesting when we go through these stories. And, you know, unfortunately, this isn't a story where just the kid gets kicked out of school. You know, yeah. because yet you, you sure have the lawsuit there. Uh, unfortunately, the kid just felt like he had to kill himself, and uh, that's that's terrible. But we always want to know what people listening think. 
so uh, reach out to us at Blackcast. You can like the Blackcast on Facebook. And, of course, Blackcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Uh, I'm going to move on to another study that shows older fathers have geekier sons. Wait a minute. I am an older <laughs> father, and I do have a son, but I will tell you this. My son would be raised in a house filled with nerd stuff and would probably end up kind of geeky, even if I'd had a kid 20 years ago. So I don't know if, you know, if I was 21, good Lord, I just imagine having a kid at 21 and who that would have had to have been with. Bujanski. No, I just had a, I broke out into a cold sweat or possibly hives or possibly cold hives. But the point is, I think any house where I was raising a child, that kid's probably going to end up geeky. It's funny. I always joke about the way my little sister grew up because uh, my brother's five years older than me. I'm seven years older than her. So there's 12 years between my sister and my brother. And my sister grew up, you know, watching like Monty Python's Flying Circus and Mystery Science Theater 3000 and, you know, the most mainstream thing was probably the X-Men cartoon. So I have said to her, oh, you never had a chance. You know, she was only going to like nerd stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I guess I could feel bad. But Felix, you look, he, he loves fire trucks and sharks and things. But, oh, he knows how to say Spidey. He points to him, and he knows his name is Spidey. He doesn't say Spider-Man, which is his full name, but that's all right. Our friendly neighborhood wall crawler, we do indeed call him Spidey because he's our friend. Uh, Coltrane, do you think that this makes sense, and do you think that I would probably have a geeky kid no matter what age I had a child? I mean, yes, you, in fact, would have <laughs> a, a nerd child no matter what, but, you know, that's, I say, I that's, say, just, it, that's just... That's just your personality, so that works out. I so say thank not... you to that, because that is a high compliment. As, hey, as we learned in 21 Jump Street, the movie version, uh, the nerds are the cool kids now. Mm-hmm. So Exactly. And just in time for it to come back around that by the time Felix is in school, that nerds probably won't be cool again. So, sorry for that. But you'll know a lot for the nerds, you know. There's there's something to be said for being the king of the nerds. Uh, you hear this, uh, Jeff. Uh, are your thoughts that you should have a child quickly so that you don't end up raising a geeky son? Or odds are it's going to be a geeky kid even if you had him 10 years ago. Well, yeah. I think you, you can never really control the geekiness of your kid, first of all, uh, because it's like – you know, you could be the ultimate like sports dad, and if your kid's just that's not true. into it, then by the way, and that's a different kind of geekiness. You know, when you're a super hardcore fan, and look, there are a lot of Mets pennants in Felix's room, and rooting for the Mets is basically like being a nerd in sports. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like that's not cool at all. What are you doing to me? But I see what you're saying. Yeah, you can try and go the other way and, like, be sports dad, and you're going to play sports, and you're going to do all this. But at the same time, you could end up making them more likely to want to do all the geeky stuff. You it's know? true. And it, first of all, I want to know what their definition of geekiness is because I don't think, the tr- like, what we think traditionally as, like, our 90s and 80s geeks are geeks anymore. I think that's just yeah. normal-ass kids. It's like, what, is he going to play video games and, and, and collect stuff and look at screens and do stuff that's inside-based instead of outside-based? <laughs> oh, you mean every child? You mean every kid? Yeah. Well, they define geeky traits as high IQ, strong focus on the subject of interest, and little concerns about fitting in. Uh, well, the, first of all, the high IQ, that, like... How is that a bad thing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you just described a cool kid. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, like, don't worry about fitting in. Either fit in 
or fit in with other kids. Like yeah. you're gonna fit in with the cool kids or not. Don't try and fit in with the cool kids. Trying to fit in is the number one way to be a geek. That, like yeah. Hey guys, like I like sports ball too. <laughs> Wait, that was your Will Sterling impression. No, no I don't know what you're what talking, are you talking about. about? That's it's not. Dog. <laughs> the father, the father. I think that the way I look at this, well, good because that's the kind of kid I want to have. Yeah. I want to have a geeky kid. Plus, I imagine like older fathers are like, "Hey, you know what we can do for fun? Read or sit." And I'll tell you, versus you... like, let's go outside and run all day. Yeah. Hey, Felix likes to read. He likes to sit. And he also likes to go outside. So I think he's a pretty well-rounded kid. You know, well, he also, you know I also think that, that some of it, too, is that a younger father is probably closer to being at an age where he's more likely to himself try, want to try to be cool, whereas an older father's like, look, being cool isn't the most important thing in life. Finding the things that you really love to do and that you want to do, that stuff actually matters. So you have a different perspective on life overall when you're older. So I think that could play a part in it too and it like an older father tends to be someone who is a little more settled they've they've sort of they've gone further in life so they'll tend to have like uh more of an idea of their own career or their own like whatever their life is so it's just they tend to know a little bit more about what is actually important and what's not and they don't necessarily know what you know like every other kid is up on they just like, hey, if my kid wants to play sports, then great. And if my kid wants to just like be an artist, then great. It's just they just want their kids to be to find what they love and sort of be happy doing that. Whereas I think again, like a younger father might be like, hey, I just got my kid a new pair of Jordans. You know, he's two, but he's wearing Jordans. You know, like it's just it's a different perspective of it's a different place that you are in your life. So it's a different perspective, and so the things that are actually important to your child and like raising your child i think are just different in that regard so i think that can be a, that can play a part in it as well no i think you're definitely onto something and when the kids are little yeah they're just gonna kind of roll around and whatever their surroundings are they're going to be interested in so i think that your kids are going to end up like the parents anyway but yeah you talked about being a younger father and still being worried about wanting to fit in or being cool and i haven't worried about being cool in a very long time uh probably at no point in the 21st century have i even remotely considered whether or not i'm cool or tried to be cooler than i actually am which of course is very cool as we all know but uh yeah i i think that you're right like a younger father is probably not very well adjusted or comfortable in his own skin uh as we're talking about geeky things coltrane i I wanted to get your thoughts about something geeky. I wanted to know, have you been watching the current season of Doctor Who? No, I have them all, but I have not watched them yet. I'm going to do a marathon session, but I, I just haven't, I don't know, I have not had a chance to actually watch when, them yet. When you do watch there's still them... There's still Love and Hip Hop Atlanta going on right oh, now. Oh, so I, I, look, I would, I would never want a show like Doctor Who to get in the way of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, especially not Atlanta, for God's sake. Because uh, I'll be interested sure. when you do watch it, because the last time we talked about this, a few months ago, your concern was that the new companion bill was going to be annoying. 
And I'm going to see if she lives up to that expectation or if you are pleasantly surprised by her. But that'll be a conversation to have another time when you've actually had a chance to watch them. Yeah, and, and that opinion was based just on like the, the that trailer. little teaser that yeah. they had put out with, with her yeah. when she first started. Yeah. No, so, no, I, re- I remember. Yeah. I just wanted to see because, uh, I, I don't know, she could be perceived that way. I actually like her. She's no Clara, but there's no reason we need to have that. I was going to say, but you have no no taste because you like you like Clara. So <laughs> how dare you, sir? But uh, <laughs> on, on that note, we tease something that we'll have in the future. We'll have that conversation down the road next week on the Blackcast. Will and I are going to visit with our friend Farad Muhammad, who will be in town. So that'll be fun. Somewhere in the very near future after that, we're going to give our review for Spider-Man: Homecoming. And before you know it. All four of us on the Black Cast will be back together again. The whole team. I'm very excited at the idea because uh, it's been a little while. But Coltrane, we appreciate you always being so readily available when we put up the Coltrane signal like the bat signal. What would the Coltrane signal look like? Would it be a bottle of Fireball? Would it be shaped like that? Um, I'm just thinking like two large breasts. But <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. fireball works too. Fireball works too. With the fireball coming out of it, so that it looks a little oh, bit. Oh, see, now you're speaking my language. That, that that's exactly his language. So yes, and we will put up the <laughs> Coltrane symbol again soon, and. Please help Coltrane at Coltrane Leaks. And Captain EO is at Jeff Duray. You can find him there. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ, both Instagram and Twitter. The Blackcast can be found on Facebook. The Blackcast. Give us a like. Give us a like, love! Uh, follow at Blackcast on Twitter, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, and Instagram, and of course, Blackcast.com. That's it for now. We will see you next time with Farad Muhammad on The Blackcast. brother's race to stroke one out onto a biscuit and then the last guy to nut has to eat it right so sometimes it's a wheat thin